This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. And coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, December 18th, and here's hoping that you all had a safe and happy Thanksgiving holiday and that you're all geared up for jolly old St. Nick, who's literally knocking at our door. Based on all the weather info and nasty airport delays over Thanksgiving, I hope that none of you got caught up in any of that. And speaking of the holidays and travel, a record-smashing 115.6 million Americans are expected to travel this holiday season, this according to the AAA's annual forecast just published. The holiday travel period is defined as beginning this weekend and running through Wednesday, January 1st. This year's projection is the highest since AAA began tracking back in 2000, representing an increase of nearly 4% over this time last year. 104.8 million are expected to drive to their holiday destinations, with another 6.9 million Americans expected to fly. That latter figure is the most since 2003. It's anticipated that during Thursday's rush on the 26th, the day after Christmas, this will be the worst day for road congestion with afternoon delays nearly doubling normal commute times in many cities, including New York, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. So where are travelers headed this year? Well, not surprisingly, many of the warm weather destinations like Florida, Southern Cal, Hawaii, Nevada, and Arizona in the U.S., followed by Cancun, the Dominican Republic, Jamaica, and Mexico internationally. This according again to the AAA. Well, traveling for me this holiday season, I'm happy to report, will consist of moving from one room into another. I'm more than happy to leave the roads and the airports to our seasonal friends. This too, in fact, will be the last podcast of 2019. And while many of us are dealing with last minute shopping, ugly sweaters, and holiday cheer, We'll be joined today by Homevestor's CEO, David Hicks, who will be here in a few minutes to talk with us about the joys of dealing all year long, not with ugly sweaters, but ugly houses. The We Buy Ugly Houses CEO is building a franchise empire, and David will be here in just a few minutes to tell us all about it. But first, my thanks again to Dale Carnegie's Senior VP of Franchising, John Cavilli, for sharing so many insightful nuggets with us last week as another season of Franchise Today begins to wind down. But no, we're not quite through yet, so let's get underway with this week's birthday wishes and many happy returns. Going out to Harold Shoemaker, Ralph Yarusso, Nancy Fisher, Arginus Carpio, J.D. Sun, Alice Hyman, Brian Watson, Joan Murphy Painter, John Tezza, Ellen Latham, Aubrey Jean, Mark Moses, Skip Wyatt, and finally, Josh Cohn. What do you say we take a quick break right here? And on the other side, we'll be right back with Homevestor's CEO, David Hicks. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Stan Friedman here with a word about Transitive, an amazing marketing platform that actually delivers what others can only imagine accurate, dependable results that are second to none. All right, without getting too deep into the weeds, Transitive connects franchisees' customer data from all sources, providing high-octane fuel for their marketing engines. They then deploy machine learning, yes, artificial intelligence, 
which identifies various customer traits and habits, attributes that would otherwise likely go unnoticed, and it segments these customers into groups. This is important because, as we know, not all customers provide your franchisees with equal dollar value. But wouldn't it be great if they could easily identify who's who? Well, that's exactly what Transitive does. And what's more, it then accurately drives the appropriate offers to each of those customer groups, delivering specific personalized messages to each of the group's customers. Just like that, your franchisees are engaged in laser-focused target marketing, delivering them much more bang for the buck. You've got to see it to believe it. So what are you waiting for? Order up a demo today and tell them I sent you. Find them online at www.transitive.io. That's www.transitive, T-R-A-N-S-I-T-I-V dot I-O. The Homevestor's idea began in Dallas, Texas in 1989, when real estate broker Ken D'Angelo bought so many homes, he decided to transform his brokerage into a home-buying business. By 1996, he took his business even further when he created Homevestor's and sold his first franchise in the Dallas area. Ken figured he had a way to create a franchise network that could advertise together, share vendors, and route calls to each other through a phone system. He eventually expanded to Kansas City, came up to 20 offices operating, he moved into Atlanta as well. Homevestors is now comprised of more than 1,000 franchises spanning 46 states and Metro Washington, D.C., and is growing dramatically. All of their independently owned and operated franchisees are supported with mass advertising from their nationally recognized We Buy Ugly Houses brand, proprietary home evaluation, lead management software, deep knowledge of the industry and financial resources. Today, we are joined by their CEO, David Hicks. David, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. It's uh, I appreciate you having me on your show. Appreciate you being here. You know, I go back a bit of a ways with your concept and your brand. I cut my teeth in franchising back 30 plus years ago with a company called ERA, a company I'm certain you're familiar with because for a number of years you had a co-president named Ken Chanel, didn't you? Oh, we sure did. Uh, I'm very familiar with ERA. So a little bit about the concept. And before we do that, though, I want to start the interview today the way we always do. We always note that franchising is something of an unintentional business that people don't pursue it, but rather it finds us. I'm interested in asking you, if you would, David, to rewind the tape back to where and when that was for you and help the audience learn a little bit about your background. Absolutely. I was uh, I bought my first franchise uh, years ago, probably uh, too many years ago. That was with a company called Success Motivation Institute. Uh, I was uh, a franchisee with them. Uh, I literally uh, loved the idea of training and helping other people. And so uh, when I was introduced to SMI, it became a great way to get started in that. And they had a good system. Uh, I bought a franchise, ended up going into the home office with SMI and becoming president of it uh, prior to uh, working uh, or coming here to Homevestors of America. And when you joined Homevestors, in what capacity did you come on board? I was uh, hired to run the operations department. Uh, that was back in 2005. Uh, then in 2009, uh, I became co-president with Ken Chanel, uh, and that's uh, back when we had 165 franchises. What year was that? 2005. And what year is this? <laughs> it is. 2019, and you have how many franchises today? We're down 1,135 as of this morning. <laughs> Well, 
we're going to reserve time a little bit later in the interview to learn a little bit more about that kind of magic because those are screaming fast numbers and I've got all kinds of questions that I'll save for the appropriate portion of the conversation but congratulations to you that's a startling and amazing growth and if you're supporting it that's phenomenal absolutely we've got a good team and uh, and a concept that really works well we're going to learn all about that and we're going to start first from the consumer's point of view so I live in Atlanta which obviously in the introduction uh, made mention that Atlanta is a cornerstone of, of the growth that you've experienced as a brand and here in in my hometown it's not uncommon to be assaulted on the radio not just by we buy ugly houses or your billboards but by so many that have entered this space it seems that it's just prime pickings these days for com- concepts like open door and locally mark spain real estate just everybody wants to give you money for your house um, you guys were the pioneers though so let's talk a little bit about that vision that ken d'angelo had way back when and and how you've kind of molded that into some clay that consumers find incredible and intrinsic value in uh, absolutely and we uh, the the focus on we buy ugly houses and those trademarks around ugly houses is a real cornerstone to our business uh, because people that uh, have a house that is needs repair uh, and we're a different uh, part of the market than the open doors uh, that are really looking to buy houses that are newer we're buying older houses uh, that need significant repair houses that uh, that if you know they the seller the home seller uh, really needs to get out of that ugly situation uh, and that's why they call us and i think that ugly houses trademark uh, all that we have over 50 trademarks around ugly houses uh, and that really defines our space in the market. So distressed houses would be the appropriate description? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's more than that because it, they need significant repair typically. And they're not people that sell houses to us. They don't want realtors uh, traipsing through their house. They don't want people coming through it because they know they have a house that they have uh, repair issues with it. Uh, and that's when they call us and we help them get rid of a house uh, the easiest way to do it and the quickest way to do it. Uh, that's uh, us buying it for cash and we fix it up and sell it. So you've got a, a magical marketing program that attracts a lot of interest and attention and you're the only ones I think that are out doing what you're doing through a franchise business model. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. So we're going to talk in a little while more about the franchise side, but on the consumer side, let's talk some about what a consumer looks for when they dial you up and and they learn about your concept that makes it easier for them to do business with you than it would with any number of people who are flipping houses, let's say, locally in their community? Uh, Great, uh, great question. Uh, What they're calling us for is they know uh, with our brand uh, that we have a dependable uh, exit. Uh, they're not going to have somebody make an offer and then change it two weeks before closing. Uh, our franchises, when they buy a house, part of our concept and uh, that we work is we buy the house, uh, we're going to give them a price that we're going to close that house at that price. And so if a seller needs to know they can get out of the house and get the money they need uh, to move on with their life, they call us. Do you do anything that typical traditional real estate brokers do? Do you help 
help these sellers with their next purchase? Do you get involved in traditional transactional real estate or is it simply focused on flipping houses and getting people out of those old distressed homes? We we help in a lot of ways. We don't get involved with the transaction, uh, but our franchises go in there with the mentality, I want to help this seller out of their ugly situation. Uh, sometimes if the house is, uh, is better off with a realtor, we actually recommend them go to a realtor. Uh, and so the sellers get to know us that uh, know that we they can depend on us uh, to help them move on. So are there any other national competitors in your space? No, there's really not. Uh, I think our 1,200 boots on the ground, or I'm sorry, 1,135 boots on the ground gives us that real advantage that there there is no other competitor nationwide that, that does what we do. That's 1,135 pairs of boots, right? That's exactly right. Yep. <laughs> so from the consumer's point of view, walk me through, walk the audience through a typical transaction. How does this begin? When does it start? What has to happen? How long does it well, they call, uh, either call us off our 1-800-44-BUYER phone number, or they go online to webuyuglyhouses.com. They fill out a form and uh, a uh, set a time for franchise come look at the house. You know, we have, uh, it's amazing how many people call us that would just make me an offer over the phone. The reality is anybody that would make an offer over the phone is probably not going to close at that price. <laughs> They're going to come look at it later. They'll sit in the contract where it says they have an inspection period. Uh, our guys, uh, we do that personal service. We're going to come out. Uh, we're going to look at the house. We're going to find out what the situation of the seller is, uh, how we can help them. Uh, they, we will actually at that time make an offer uh, we, that we will close on it. We'll give them a contract right then and we'll close on the seller's time frame. We can close in as low as two weeks. Uh, many times the uh, sellers need a little bit more time to get their lives together and we'll give, we'll close on their time time frame, whatever that is. And how far off of, say, fair market value might an offer from you guys look like, when, or how, how different might it be? Well, it's going to be fair market value for the condition of that house, uh, because it is, uh, I mean, we don't, uh, we typically aren't buying houses through a realtor. I mean, we don't use a real estate agent to buy the house, typically. Uh, in most states, uh, we do not. Uh, so uh, we don't have near the cost that a lot of people would have buying the houses. Uh, uh, we pay cash. Uh, we will pay all the closing costs the seller has. They don't have to pay anything out of their pocket. Uh, they literally uh, will uh, will handle the whole transaction for them. And based on the condition of the house, uh, I mean, we pay a fair value for that house. Uh, now, obviously, we have to make money when we sell it. We get uh, make our money typically by increasing the value of that house by fixing it up before we sell it. So then your franchisees are in the business, not just of transactions, they're in the business then too of contracting and remodeling. Absolutely. And then selling. Yep. And typically they, they will get a contractor. They have a team of contractors that they work with that uh, to go rehab that house and sell it. It would seem to me that yours is a pretty complex business. When I start thinking about all of the moving parts, you've got the buying side of a transaction. You've got the contracting to get it ready for resale. And then you've got the selling side. You've got the finance side and you're involved from corporate perspective in just about every one of those verticals. Plus you've got the franchise business. So it seems like it's a pretty complex business. It is. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of learning for somebody to, to do. That's one of the reasons we have done so well because our system helps 
helps a franchise learn all the different aspects of a franchise uh, of the, the business. Uh, we help them with how to uh, manage the lead, how to get started. We help them with how to price a house. You know, there's a lot of those uh, fix and flip shows that people watch and they say, well, I can do that. And we see some prices some of the people buy houses at, uh, and we know there's no way they can make money at because it is a complex business. The franchises, but our franchises do well if they follow our process. We're going to get into some more discussion about those five cornerstones that I've noted on your website, training, marketing, support, lead generation, financing, resources, all cornerstones of the work that you provide for your franchisees and not the least of those with over 1,100 out there networking. So let's talk about the franchise and how those offerings are made. Are you guys providing single unit opportunities? Do you do area development? Define for the audience a little bit of the different ways that one gets involved in your business. Uh, well, yes, all of our franchises, they're uh, uh, you know, owner-run uh, uh, franchisees uh, that do ours, uh, but they don't need to have experience. In fact, we really prefer somebody that comes in our business without experience because we teach them uh, every aspect of our business, and we go through a pretty extensive training that they have here in Dallas. Uh, we have all the tools. For example, we've got an iPad app that actually a franchise pulls in uh, details about the house. They pull on comparables from a company that we have. Uh, and then when they're walking through a house, they literally just click on what repairs it needs. And it gives a recommended price uh, that they ought to pay for this house and uh, helps them generate a repair budget for this, that house. Uh, tells what it will uh, cost to go through it. So it starts with that training, starts with the uh, process of that. We also assign every franchise uh, what we call a development agent uh, that's a mentor that helps them uh, uh, and works with them, that goes with them on some appointments that will they can actually run their what comes out of that iPad they can send to that mentor and say, uh, here's the pictures of the house and here's uh, all about the house. And the mentor then helps them make sure they're not making mistakes on that house, uh, helps them see what they should do, answer questions with it. So we're with them at every start, uh, step of the way, uh, with the, especially a new franchise, as long as they need to be. And this development agent is a corporate employee? Is this the equivalent of, say, a fueled consultant? Uh, no, it's even better than that. They are uh, successful franchises that then go on to become development agents. So most of them are still running a franchise. Uh, some of the big ones now have uh, gone on to where they're full-time development agents, but they all start out as successful franchises. And so they're working. They're not trying to coach them from Dallas, uh, where we are. They're, they are in their market for the most part, and they understand that market. And so they are successful in the market, helping helping them be successful in that same market. So they are participating then in revenue generated by the deal, or how does that work? Yes, we pay the development agents. The franchise pays us a transaction fee, and then we pay the development agent out of that transaction fee. But most of them, the reality is they don't start doing it for the money. They start doing it because they like helping other people, and they end up coaching them uh, because they want a good team in that area to be successful. That kind of peels the onion back a little bit on how do you manage that number of franchisees and their growth with a better insurance policy than the one you've got in place, which is nothing succeeds like success. That's right. Absolutely. We have over 80 development agents that they're the coaches 
to help the others be successful. And it helps multiply our success. How many transactions would a typical franchisee participate in in the course of a year? It depends on the franchise. They can do whatever their goals are. I think we have over a dozen that do over 100 a year. Uh, but, you know, we've got a lot of them that will do 20 or 30. So it totally depends on what their personal goals are. Some of them are you know, one or two person offices and they like the amount of money they're making on 15, 20, 25 transactions. And if they're happy with that, we are. But then we have some that really develop pretty big businesses. Do any in the conventional real estate business participate in your concept? We have uh, probably half of our franchise end up being real estate agents at uh, some point. A lot of them will. Uh, we do have some that came out of the brokerage, real estate agent or brokerage. They, be they were a broker and became a franchise. But so we we work very closely with real estate agents because virtually all the franchise, all the houses we sell after we fix them up retail are sold through a real estate agent. So am I correct then in assuming that you don't require any licensing, that there's no licensing required by states to do the business that you there do? There are a few states that require them to be real estate agents. Most do not. So uh, again, we require them to, to follow all local laws. But most states, you do not have to be an agent to buy and sell your own houses. So you're really tangential. You're not in the real estate transaction business, which is pretty surprising that in more states than not, or in fewer states than more, that you don't need licensing. But I suppose it really makes sense when you start peeling it back and taking a look at what it is that your franchisees are really doing. I noted too, with interest in getting ready for today's conversation, I just took a look at the Entrepreneur Franchise 500 and how dramatically the listings in the residential real estate space have changed. There was a time where my old fraternity at ERA, Century 21, Remax were all in those top tier of the Franchise 500. And today I found that Remax, Keller Williams were the only two that are in the top 50. And literally others that used to be there are all but gone. That, that industry has has really changed. And that uh, it has changed. Uh, it has uh, flattened out a lot. Uh, I think we're the highest uh, ranked uh, in the real estate space right now uh, in that listing. You're pretty close, actually. You're number three ah. and only one of two and only one of two in the top 50. So my hat's off to you. And I'm not going to give a shout out to the other. If anybody wants to know, they're going to have to go look it up for themselves. So talk about the kinds of opportunities then. It's all single unit. It's not multiple unit. It's not an area that you can purchase for further development. You buy one territory and you work it. We have a few that have multiple territories. But for the most part, Stan, they don't need multiple territories in ours. If they want a bigger opportunity, they can simply do more within their city. Uh, but they have the opportunity, if they like, they can buy a, a second or third franchise. But very few of them do uh, because there is so much opportunity in the cities that we're at. That, uh, that they take advantage of that. All right, let's take a look at helping the audience with a uh, look backstage. How does the franchisor of a concept that has literally doubled in size over a period of a, how many years was it, David? You doubled from 500 to over 1,000 in what period? It's in 2014, so in five years. So in five short years, how do you build a back end to scale and enable you to manage that rapid kind of growth? Well, it starts, uh, Stan, with the uh, development agents because they are the 
ones that do the support with the franchises. Uh, and they do, for the most part, uh, they do the referrals. But you know what the real secret is? Is our, uh, at that time, 500 franchises that's now 1,000 franchises. Because it's, and this shows the power of our concept and how successful our concept is. Over half the new franchises we have come from referrals of existing franchises. Uh, because our franchises understand that the better we do in a market, the more franchise we do in the market, the better they do. Because uh, it's, it, ours is a unique model uh, in that the more we have within a, uh, a city, that the more advertising we do, the better off our franchises do within that uh, that city. Uh, and so, but we, that's where most of our growth comes from is the local franchise. The second thing, a part of that is we have developed a real team concept. It's different than many other models in that our franchises want everybody in an ad council that which, which, which is within a city to be successful. And so they all help each other. And so we find that uh, our biggest ad councils are our strongest ad councils. And our franchises, for example, in uh, Atlanta, you just mentioned, they are, they're buying uh, 80, 90 houses a month in Atlanta. Atlanta and Houston and Dallas and all of our big ones, uh, they're just, they're growing. So the big part of our growth is coming from the team concept and the way all of our franchises help each other and help build our concept. What do you say to those in the audience that listen to those types of numbers and say, I've been told not to grow that quickly and I shouldn't grow that quickly. And maybe in your business, it's it's unique that you can, but would you admonish anybody against that type of growth or what would you say to that franchise or listening? I think uh, part of it, you've got to have the infrastructure to grow at the same time. Uh, uh, luckily, we've got uh, owners that are willing to invest in it. We have totally redone our infrastructure uh, in the last three or four years. We spent a lot on tools to help them. But if you're if you have, and I think part of ours where the growth is coming from is the organic growth from the current franchise, the current base. It makes sense because when they refer somebody and wanted to come in, they want to help them be successful. Uh, and so our growth and the success of it probably is more a testament to our team, both internal and external than anything else. In addition to the systems, the growth we have, uh, the other part of it that really makes sense and helps build it is our training structure that we have because we have two major conferences a year. Uh, that the franchises come in. In fact, we just completed one in San Diego this past week. Uh, we have that that they all train each other. It literally becomes a way that they can come with. Uh, we had 1,200 people uh, in San Diego and a way they can come in and, and learn from each other. I'm reminded of my years, my early years, when I was just getting into real estate and real estate franchising and what a role Ken Chanel played in training. I wonder, is he still involved in training and or is he just missed marketing? He is. Uh, he is still involved with it. He is recently retired uh, from the company, uh, but he is still participating with his uh, four strings profile and uh, in fact, he is really a vendor for us now, uh, helping train and helping, even helping the franchise base train. Well, we're going to take a quick break, David. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the other side of the business that we haven't yet touched on, which is the finance side. But I've got a tremendous amount of interest in how that all looks. But let's take this quick break and we'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. 
This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball, but there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. And we are back with Homevestors CEO, David Hicks, who's talking with us today about We Buy Ugly Houses and this amazing franchise concept that has had explosive growth to over 1,100 franchisees in 44 states around the U.S. and Metro D.C. I'm interested in, in the other side of this business that we haven't touched on yet, David, which is the finance side. You actually participate in the financial transactions. Let's talk a little bit about how that looks. Yes, one of the things we want to make sure our franchises always have is the money to buy a house. And so not only are we a lender through uh, our lending arm, but we also have created a portal uh, that we have nine different vendors in to give our franchisees an opportunity to get the best rates and always have financing available. And so they can literally enter a property in, uh, they can hear all about this property. And uh, in fact, they use it through our app and they submit uh, to the portal. And the portal tells them which lenders uh, this property fits and what the lender's rates are. And they can then submit that loan to whichever the nine lenders they want to. And so whether it's us or any of the others, part of it, we're trying to make sure we get the lenders kind of competing for our franchise business. Uh, and it's worked because we have uh, some really good rates in this industry for our franchises. Has the access to capital issues that float up and down over the years impacted on your business at all? It really hasn't because in this business, again, they're, they're short-term loans. Uh, they're not getting them from banks, typically. They're from more of a hard money lenders, and there are always those kind of people available. They change over the time, uh, but it's really very stable. I wonder what percentage of those in the marketplace for your services are institutional lenders versus those that are just working the markets locally. There are some pretty big companies that are uh, doing the, the lending from uh, uh, lending home. There's quite a few of them that are, that are out there uh, that loan to our franchises. Uh, one of the, it's uh, quite interesting, Stan, that we have three different lenders now that have also bought franchises either 
either some of their salespeople, some of the owners of them uh, have end up buying franchises because they see the prices our franchise buying houses for, and they see how successful our franchises are, and they say, uh, "Hey, maybe uh, maybe I need a part of that." So when you talk about no experience necessary for a franchise, no experience, prior experience in real estate is, I guess, what you're talking about. But what kinds of core competencies would a successful franchisee be bringing with them as they come and learn about your business? The things they need more than anything else is a desire to be successful, that passion to learn real estate. But it's amazing, Stan, how many people we have that, again, any kind of business success is good. Our biggest, our best people tend to be coming out of a sales background. Uh, they have that kind of mentality. Although we have a lot of people that are former athletes that are have been real successful with us. Anybody that has that discipline to go work hard and follow a system that is good working with coaches uh, and teachable, they can do well with us. Uh, and I'd say that that teachable part is a big part of it. They have to be willing to be coached. From first contact with you until somebody becomes a franchisee, what does the typical timeline look like? Uh, it is, I mean, it's fairly quick. Uh, I bet you our process is, for most people, 30 to 60 days before they make the decision to get a franchise. And then they schedule training again within 30 to 60 days. And training once again lasts for forever. <laughs> but there is a formal training process that is a full week training here in Dallas that they have to come to, uh, that we do that training once a month. Uh, they have a pre-training process they have to go before they get here. And then a post-training process they do with their development agents. But again, our business is always changing, always new. And so uh, the training process, there is training going on for uh, literally forever. There's a lot of learning that, uh, that our good people always do. Touche. That was a great answer. And you got me on that one. David, I'm at the place in time where I ask my guests each week, what did I miss? What did I not ask you that you might wish I did? I'm not sure that uh, there's anything you missed. Uh, I tell you, we've got a fun business, Dan. Uh, you ask why we've been successful. I think the biggest reason we've been successful is uh, the franchise we have all enjoy each other. They enjoy our business uh, and they're successful at it. Uh, and that's what uh, real growth uh, that we have is coming from, you know, when you have a good concept, uh, you have a good market and your franchises are doing well, the growth kind of takes care of itself. Well, I think you've pretty much said it all. You've told everybody everything they need to know except one thing, David, and that's how do they learn more? Uh, the simple way, if uh, they want to find out about a franchise, go to homevestorsfranchise.com and they can find out uh, a lot about the franchise right there. If they, want, if they have a house to sell, go to webyuglyhouses.com. And for contact information for any of those aspiring in the franchise world as franchisors might want to pick your brain and learn a little more from you offline, is there any contact info you'd be willing to share with you? Yeah, they can literally go through that, that address there, homebustersfranchise.com. They are welcome to call me direct if they like. And I'll give you my direct phone numbers, 972-532-8013. I appreciate that so much, David. Can't thank you enough for taking the time today to spend some time with us and help our audience learn from the pearls of wisdom that have come from an amazing brand called Homevestors Franchising. David Hicks, thank you again. Thank you, Stan.
Well, another insightful interview and another year of great interviews right here on Franchise Today. We'll do it all over again in 2020 when I invite you to come back and join us once again for a stellar lineup of some of the best in franchising. Until then, please remember to subscribe to Franchise Today at Blog Talk Radio and that you can download us from iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and virtually any place that podcasts are found. Remember, too, that you can also ask Alexa to play the latest episode of Franchise Today and that you're invited to please like us on Facebook. And yes, let me hear from you. Guest recommendations, comments, suggestions, they're all invited and welcome. You can easily find all of my contact info on my LinkedIn profile, and I'll be happy to get right back to you. So until next year, I'm wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, a safe and happy holiday season. And I'll see you right back here next year on Franchise Today. Until then, Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.